Thank you for joining Milkshake Monday. We are officially live on YouTube at Fordos Production, and I am Anita Helm. I am the speaker for Fordos Productions Milkshake Monday, and I am so excited to be on here. You think this was my first taping, but I've been doing this for 254 episodes since 2018, and I am so excited to be here. So tonight's episode is called We Trust seek and he adds and the he is God almighty. So if you don't know much about Milkshake Monday, I know there are several of you that are subscribed, but for those who happen to be joining tonight, let me just share with you that Milkshake Monday is an opportunity for us to learn and grow together as believers in Christ. And even if you don't know anything about the Bible, I just want to explain to you that the Bible is a love letter from the Lord Jesus Christ to share with all of us, no matter how many hangups or habits we have, it's about all of us learning about who he is and why he came to seek and save those of us who have committed sin, which is all of us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So tonight, as we talk about trust, seek and add, if you've seen any of my videos, I said to God, when he shared with me what I was going to teach, he gave me one word, add, not ads, not addition, but add. And I have it on my board as I'm preparing for the week. And I was saying, God, what is this about? And then I said, the only word that I could think of that goes with add is Matthew 6, 33, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Well, if you follow any of the teachings, I have taught that a few months back, but apparently God said, "Uh, -uh you ain't got it yet, Nita, you haven't understood. And so he started adding other words and then the other words were trust and seek. And then he brought to my attention that when it comes to trusting, uh, I'm going to show you another scripture, but when it came to seeking, he said, well, the thing about seek first is that Anita and all of us have to worry to look to his priorities on our own. And I said, there's going to be some situations where God's going to tell me tonight through the scriptures about the fact that he wants me to put him as priority. And I have to surrender some of the things that I have put ahead of him. And this is just a convicting time for me. I'm telling you, honest, if you think that uh, because I'm on the camera that I'm, I have some kind of special uh, relationship with that God, you know, I don't have convictions from God. God's my daddy and he loves to give me discipline just like he loves to give all of us that he loves discipline. So the first scripture that we're going to be in tonight is Matthew 6, 33, because I just said it, but let me read it a little slower. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So when you see the word adds, it's going to be about things that only God can add only things that God can fashion and orchestrate in our lives that we think we have our hand on it. But God says, no, there's a scripture right before in Matthew six, eight, which says, you know, the father knows what we have need of even before we ask. And some of the things you're going to see tonight is that we are learning about how God is always watching what's going on. So in this next scripture is going to be Proverbs three verses five through seven. That is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. And I am learning every day to live out that scripture. But the scripture says, and I'm reading from the English standard version. Now there's the thing about the Bible. For those that you are mature in the Lord, you know this, but some people from YouTube, you just don't know all these things. There are many versions of the Bible. You've heard the King James version, the new King James, the new living translations, the English standard version, the NIV, the new international version. All these versions are translations of the 66 books of the Bible 
Old Testament has 39 and 27 in the New Testament. Well, when you have the opportunity to read different versions, you have the ability to see and understand language because all of us speak differently and we all understand differently. So I may love to hear something and understand it better out of the English standard version versus you may love to hear it out of the new King James. That's what you had your bread and butter as you were growing up. That's what you do. Whatever version, the key thing is to learn and to read. So out of the English standard version, Proverbs three verses five through seven, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, no matter how much time you've had in relationship with the Lord, there are always gonna be times and opportunities that you're going through life's pathways, detours, dead ends, hit the solid rock of whatever's going on in your life sometime. And it's a questionable time. You're asking questions of God. You're asking questions of yourself and those around you. But sometimes you have to just stop and settle down and say, God, what do I do here? Do I just wait on you? And that's some of the things that I'm learning myself. I have to learn to wait on the Lord. Well, in the story tonight, we're going to see an example of some things happening with a few characters that you may or may not know. The first character I'm going to talk about to give you an overview is Abraham. Many of us understood that Abraham had a son, Isaac, the son of promise. He had Isaac at hundred years old and his wife was very old herself in her nineties. So there comes a time where Abraham has this son. He also had a son, by one of his maid servants, Hagar and Ishmael is that older son. But by the time we're getting to the passage that we're going to be in, in Genesis 22, the Lord has allowed Hagar and her son to leave. And they're going to, Ishmael is going to be a great nation. That's a promise of the Lord. But right after that happens, Abraham is put through an actual test. And what happens is he is asked to take Isaac, to an altar and sacrifice him. As you know the story, as he's about to sacrifice Isaac, the Lord tells him stop. And basically he understands that Isaac is not above the relationship with the Lord, that Isaac as his son is not taking priority over what the relationship of who God is to Abraham. Well, after he does this, there's a passage in Genesis 22, where the Lord is going to talk about some things before we get to the main topic tonight of Genesis 24. Well, he says in this chapter 22, verse 17, he says here, after this test, he says, let me jump at verse 16. Be my, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, which is he was willing to sacrifice Isaac on that altar. He says, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand, which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now he hears this. 
And you may think this strange as a setup for verse, I mean, chapter 24, but he then hears about his brother. He has a brother named Nahor and he finds out that Nahor has eight sons and they speak that says one of the sons of his brother Nahor, Bethuel, has a daughter named Rebecca. Now, you don't even know about what that's going to mean until you get to later chapters. So then we go ahead and we have a discussion and then we go into chapter 23. And I try to break down the scripture so you don't feel like I don't understand the scriptures. Therefore, I can't follow. I don't understand the Bible. If you truly are seeking to know and understand the word of God, the spirit of God will help you understand. So in Genesis 23, Sarah lives to be 127 years old and she dies. There's a discussion about her death. She's had Isaac at this point. There's a burial plot that you'll find that her husband wants to actually locate and then he pays for it. And then we immediately transition into Genesis 24 and that's where we're going to be. Now, Abraham was old starting at verse one of Genesis 24. Now, Abraham was old. If Sarah died at 127, you know that they, Abraham is in 137. He's pretty much almost 10 years older than her. So now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So when you start to see that you, there's a trust in the relationship, there is a seeking. You, by the time you get to Isaac on that altar, Abraham had gone through some things. He had gone through God telling him to get out of his land in Genesis 12. Thank you and welcome everyone. Uh, and now you find that he's in Genesis 24. He's had the son of promise. He's lost his wife of many years. And now he's thinking about the future for Isaac. He's understanding that God in Genesis 22, it talked about multiplying his seed. Well, he's getting ready to die. His wife is going to die, but you're going to even learn in future Genesis chapters. He gets remarried and has other kids. So, but that's not for this, this story tonight. But anyway, he's starting to think about what's going to happen for Isaac's future. And what you're getting ready to hear is a conversation he's going to have to entrust. Now there's the word trust that I'm using tonight, but I'm also going to use the word entrust, which is E-N-T-R-U-S-T, entrust. He is going to entrust his oldest servant to go find his son the son of promise that God speaks of a wife from his family. He knows his brothers had these eight sons. He's heard there's a girl involved. That's one of these, these, these eight sons have other children. And he knows that there are other children that may be able to actually be a wife to his son. So Abraham in verse two said to his servant, the oldest of his household who had charge of all that he had. Some of us, We'll be entrusted with some things that God wants us to do. Doesn't mean that we don't have a job. Doesn't mean that we don't have a second gig or what we used to say, a side hustle. But in this case, this oldest servant is going to be entrusted by Abraham to go and find Isaac, a wife from his clan. So it says here, he was in charge of all that he had. Put your hand under my thigh. This is the way they are making promises and commitments in that time that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of heaven and God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, 
He didn't want that, but he's entrusting his servant. Follow what I'm telling you because he's on borrowed time at this point. So he thinks he says, Sarah's died and she was younger than me. So he thinks his time is limited. He doesn't know what the plan of God is regarding when he's going to get out of here. But for now he's thinking, okay, I'm getting really old. I need to settle some things to make sure everything is right for my son. So he says, don't take any daughters of the, of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but will go to my country. I want him to, he's telling his servant, go to his country and to my kindred and take a wife from my son. The servant said to him, perhaps now here's the transition. This man, this servant is realizing he's been working for Abraham for all these years. He's being sent to a place he doesn't know for a task that's monumental to his master. He has to trust that the God of his master is going to go before him because this seems like a really tall order. Yes, he's going to a town that his master used to be a part of, but his master's been gone a long time. His family folk haven't seen Abraham in a long time. He took his stuff and he's gone. He hasn't come back, but he's going to send this servant that is unknown to them. And he's getting kind of concerned, this servant is. So that's why he says, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, see to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, that's back in Genesis 12, and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you. This is now you're hearing dimensions of trust. Do you recall in Genesis 22, you have to go back and read it. The son Isaac said to his father, as they're going up to that mountain, father, we got everything. We don't have a sacrifice. And it was his father in the maturity of his relationship with God at this point to said, the Lord will provide the sacrifice. And even while Isaac lay bound on the altar, and you see Abraham lifting that knife and getting ready to have it come down. It wasn't until he was bringing it down that the angel of the Lord said, you know, now we, we know you're not, you're not going to withhold even your son. And there's a ram in the thicket caught in his horns. So here you see a man of faith hearing the promises of what God said in Genesis 12, Genesis 15, what God has just said in Genesis 22 about multiplying his offspring to the point he'll have more than the sand on the sea. He says to him, the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred and who spoke to me and swore to me to your offspring, I will give this land he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there. He's speaking faith. He's speaking trust. He's saying, go seek her. She's there. I believe God for her. Go seek her. And I need you to have as much trust in the God of heaven as I have. And some of us, we got some situations going on in our lives that we have to have trust and seek after what God has promised us until he adds now in verse eight, it says he still got some doubts. He hasn't gotten to the level of faith and maturity that his master has. 
He sees this big, tall order of what is being asked for him to do, but he just can't understand. You know, he's been in charge of the household. He has to take care of all the animals, all the servants, all the money, all the ins and outs of everything in that household for all these years. But now he's going into unfamiliar territory, being asked to do something that he can't see it like us. You know, it says faith comes by hearing here from the word of God. It says we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. But there are things that God speaks to us that if we can't see it, it's just hard to keep walking. And this guy is being told to take not only himself, but you're going to see, first of all, when you start reading what we're going to read, it seems like he's going by himself with the 10 camels. No, he's going with men. And it says here, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, that's what Abraham's going to say. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you'll be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. Abraham knows God's going to show up. Abraham knows that God's going to go before him, but just to give this man some peace of mind, because he's concerned, he's already said, perhaps she won't come. And he says, okay, if she won't come, fine, you're released from the oath. But Abraham knew, Abraham knew God, just like some of you know God. Verse nine, so the servant, you feeling a little better about what's going on. I can be released. I don't find her. She won't come back. I'm free. I'm fine. I can come on back. So he says, so the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. It doesn't talk about the men that went with him. It doesn't even talk about all that he brought with him. It just talks about the camels. Why do you need 10 camels if you come back with one woman, right? Which you don't understand that on the camels were men. On the camels were some things that were enticing to show the wealth of Abraham, the wealth of Isaac. And in a minute, you're going to see that Laban, that trickster Laban. He's going to get his eyes wide open and say, oh, this guy got some loot. This guy's got some good stuff. Here, he took 10 the master's camels and departed, taking all sorts of choice gifts. See, it's clear. He's taking all sorts of choice gifts from his master. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at the time of evening, the time when women go out to draw water. Now, this is where you're starting to see the transition of the servant starting to show a level of trust. How do you see trust is when me, and you and I and all of us go before the Lord in prayer. Go to, to the Lord in asking the Father for what we have need of in the will of God. And you understand that this is part of the plan of God. So when you see that scripture, seek first the kingdom of God, it was in the divine order of God that Abraham was told about the son of promise. Abraham was told about the multiplying of his seed. And this is part of God's divine plan. And when you trust him, when you trust God for his promises, when you trust God to seek after what he's leading you to do, he adds, he supports, he goes before you. And here this servant is going to stop before he even gets to that place. He's going to put God in the picture. He heard what the Lord, he had heard what the master had said, the Lord is going to go before you. But now he's got to start talking to him himself. Then the servant took, so let me jump down. Sorry. It says here, O Lord, verse 12. And he said, O Lord, God of my master, Abraham, 
talking like a distant God of my master Abraham, not my God, but God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. He's bringing it in the context of Abraham. You know, that's who, whose thigh he put his hand under and he's seen the faith of Abraham. He's heard about the faith. He's experienced his master's faith, but for himself, he's asking on behalf of Abraham, behold, I'm standing by the spring of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Here's where he's starting to seek. Asking God, let the young woman to whom I shall say, please let down your jar that I may drink and who shall say, drink and I will water your camels. That's the catchphrase. You know, uh, sometimes when you think about the story of Gideon, how he did a fleece, well, he wasn't doing a fleece exactly, but he was saying, okay, I'll know this is the right one, God, if you orchestrated that when these women who are coming at the time to fill the pots for the water, if this woman, when I say this, she says that, I know that's the one. And I can be clear and I won't mess this thing up. We're in lockstep. Okay, God, this is what I need. And so he's saying this to God, but then he'll repeat it later when it comes to talking to the family, because this whole orchestration happens as a result of God. And that will be the convincing thing to the family of Bethuel to understand this ain't something that we really have a say in. This is about God. So this is what they say. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant, Isaac. By this, I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. It's all about Abraham. It's all about God and his relationship, God and their trust together. That's why I think Abraham was very clear. Hey, I'll release you from the oath if this, if if she don't want to come because he knows God. And that's exactly how This servant is trusting in God, seeking after God to intervene and to do it. Not himself, because he thinks he can screw up, but he's not leaving it to chance. He's talking to God. Before he had finished speaking, that's why God is always in motion ahead of us. He knows the ending before the beginning. He already has seen Rebecca and Isaac together. He's already seen the twins. He's already seen Jacob. He's already seen the trickster go to Laban. All of this is already known of God, of the future. And that's why we tend to have this problem with trust. And I speak to myself, God has already seen the future. He's seen the ending for many of us as we're in the middle of beginnings and middles. But something about us is just that we don't trust. Because if our own understanding and our own lying eyes can't see, we don't understand what God has unfolding even when we can't see it. It says, before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebecca, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very attractive in appearance. God always says to you, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You're going to see outward appearance. Yes, she's gorgeous. She's attractive. She's beautiful, right? But what is going to be seen in the next few moments is more about this woman's constitution of who she is on the inside. This beginnings of what we always talk about, the Proverbs 31 woman. You're going to see her thoughtfulness, her understanding, her compassion, because as 
these men, it's not just the servant. As the servant and the men that you don't hear in the story are there, they could have gotten off their camels. They could have gone and got water, but this is the job of the women. It's not the job of the men, but these are out of towners. This woman is going to be beautiful as she is. She only came to take care of one pot of water, but she's going to volunteer not one camel. There are 10 camels. And guess what? Camels drink a lot of water. This wasn't no short ride that she's going to willingly say, I will keep watering all 10 of your camels by myself until they are finished drinking all they can drink. She's not a slacker. She's not lazy. She is willing to go above and beyond, even as gorgeous as she is. Something in her constitution and her heart, God has seen about this woman. And look what it says. Please give me a, dr- a little drink, a little water to drink from your jar. She said, drink my Lord, give her, she's a giver. And she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water, running back and forth. That's she's running back and forth to make sure that the trough has enough water. So all of the camels can drink enough until they stop drinking. And she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence. When you're trusting God and you see him act, keep your mouth shut and watch, watch God. And what he was doing was he was gazing. He was looking, he was ascertaining. He was understanding that the God of Abraham was at work and he's watching her go back and forth as beautiful as she is. And some people got beauty, but are ugly inside. But as beautiful as this woman is, she's going back and forth doing menial tasks of watering a trough for animals to drink. And the servant's just gazing at her to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. Had the Lord added the wife that he sought as he trusted as he was entrusted by his master, Abraham. In verse 22 said, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms and weighing 10 gold shekels and said, please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? us. Now it's intricate. Now it's not just me, us to spend the night. She said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, we have plenty of both straw and fodder opening their house up for hospitality to strangers. She hasn't been told this is uncle, anybody, cousin, anybody. She's just been told This man that just gave her all this beautiful jewelry had just asked for a cup of water. And now he's asking, can he stay the night to her family home? And she said, we got plenty. We got plenty. We have plenty of both straw and fodder and room to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord. He's not saying I'm worshiping the God of of my master, Abraham. He says he's worshiping the Lord and said, blessed be the Lord, 
the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way to the house of my master's kinsman. He realized he trusted, he sought, and God is adding. God is prospering. God is blessing. God is allowing his divine plan to be unfolded and this servant to be used. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Rebecca had a brother. Y'all know him. Y'all know him. Rebecca had a brother named Laban. Laban ran out toward the man. She, Ray, I can tell you, they don't have to write this. Laban saw, what did she have on? She had a gold ring weighing a half shekel, had two bracelets around weighing 10 gold shekels. You know, Laban saw bling, bling, and he ran to find out who the bling, bling. Who's the man with the bling, bling? He ran, and then he said, it says here, let's go to verse, let's, let's go here. As soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebecca's sister, thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. He said, come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? Come on in, bring that money, bring all that loot with you. Come on, come on up. For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house and unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. And there was water to wash the feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set before him to eat. But he said, I, I, I oh, stop, stop, stop. Y'all, we going as though we got time. We, we here to have games playing, you know, all this hospitality. Thank, thank you very much. But he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. He said, speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master and he has become great. He has given him flocks. Here's all the things that as a result of Abraham seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things are added. Some people want the adding of the things without the submission, the surrender, the putting God first. It's when you don't care about being great. It's when you don't care about the gold. It's when you don't care about the camels and all the other stuff, but you care about being pleasing to God that he knows he can entrust you with the other things. But some people want the other things, the cart before the horse. That's why God says the priority has to be seeking him first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And these things will be added. But there's an order to what God does. And in order for you to seek and make it first, you have to trust. Now here it goes. He gives this running list. He has given him, meaning God, he's talking about the Lord, has greatly blessed my master and he has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him, he has given all that he has. Everything I just listed is coming to be a part of my, of the son of Abraham. So I'm getting ready to tell you something about why I'm here. My master made me swear saying, you shall not take a wife. All right, I guarantee you that Nabon's ears have, have perked up. Wife, Rebecca, 
Rebecca got gold bracelets. Rebecca got, oh, my sister's getting ready to marry somebody really going to be rich. Our cousin Abraham has got bank and his son is going to inherit the bank. And guess what? Sis is about to become a wife, it seems. And it says here, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whom, whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house and to my clan and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, perhaps. Now this is a repeat of what we just talked about. So jump all the way down to verse 45. He just repeats about the oath. He'd be released if she didn't want to come. All these things going on regarding what he told God. If I say this, she responds this. This is exactly what Becca did. So they listened to this. And then verse 45 says, Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebecca came out with her water jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, please let me drink. And they keeps on talking. Now, verse 48, we're jumping down to 48. Then I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, who had led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Before I read verse 49, I remind you of Proverbs 3, verses 5, three, five through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, before I had finished speaking in my heart, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. He wasn't going to do it his way. He was going to trust God. God, you work this out. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. He was directing everything that was being orchestrated for Rebecca coming at the right time, saying the right thing, having the right heart. God was directing. He will direct them thy path. Verse 49. Now then, if, here's the question of the if that remember at the beginning of Genesis 24, perhaps she won't come. And Abraham said, okay, if the woman won't come, the girl won't come, you're released from your oath. But now this question about if, what is the desire of Rebecca? She has a free will choice here. Nobody's taken her She's got a choice to make. Now then, if you're going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel, daddy's there, but Laban's doing some talking. Then daddy, Laban and Bethuel answered and said, both of them, the thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. You don't mess with God. If we would get that that that's powerful point that when God speaks, when God directs, when God says, this is his promise. And when God says, this is about me, not you, we can't speak good or bad. We just say, yes, God, shut our mouth. Praise God. Yes, God. Behold, Rebecca is before you take her and go. Let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord, not before them, before the Lord and the servant brought out jewelry of silver and gold and garments and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank and they spent the night there. 
When they arose in the morning, he said, send me away to my master. Well, they wanted to delay. You know, we hadn't heard anything really from Rebecca. Hey, you okay with us marrying you off? But then it comes to the time where the servant wants to get back. He is so grateful to God that God has allowed this to happen the way that it did, honoring the prayer that he had. He blesses God. He wants to go back home and show his master, this is Isaac's wife. Exactly as you wanted it to happen, the God you trusted allowed us to seek and added a wife to your family. And they want, let's delay, let's give a couple weeks, 10 days, let's stay, let's have some drinks, let's enjoy ourselves, let her get used to the idea. None of that, none of that, none of that. Mm -mm. He's like, we got to go. It's time to get out of here and get back. Her brother and her mother said, let the young girl, let the young woman remain with us while at least 10 days after that she may go. But he said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. He's added. Once God adds, do what God wants to be done. His divine plan is what he said, seek first the kingdom of God. His plan is on his schedule, not on our schedule where we want to take our time. We want to think about it. We want to get used to the idea. But you know, when God says move, move. The Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. They said, let us call the young woman and ask her. This is the first time we've asked her. We didn't ask her if she wanted to marry him, but now Let's ask her if she's willing to go right now. Let's get up and go right now. They just said, we cannot say good or bad, but now they're trying to, well, let's, let's, let it be her idea of when she could go. And they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? Not when will you go with this man? Will you go just in general? Will you go? She said, I will go. So that whole thing of if she will not go, God has already touched her heart. This is of God. She's got peace about it. I will go to a land she's never been to, to meet a man she's never been with or seen or knows who he is. But she's trusting God. She's trusting God and getting ready to seek her future husband and see how God is going to add to her life a new husband. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister and her nurse. Now it seems like it's just her nurse, but then you're going to find out she had women. Sometimes the Bible has to give you more detail as you keep reading. And it looks like it's just Rebecca and her nurse, but then it's, she's got women going with her because they're a prosperous family and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, Oh, our sister, may you become thousands of 10,000s, addition, addition, addition. And may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate you, hate him. Then Rebecca and her young women arose and rode on the camels and followed the men, the man. So that's what the camels were for. The men are going to be off. It's all her women on the camels and the bride, the addition coming. Thus the servant took Rebecca and went his way. Here's a beautiful love story to see this part. I know people always talk about the widow Ruth meeting Boaz, but this is a beautiful love story too. Here it goes. It says in verse 62, and we're almost finished. Now Isaac had returned from Beer Laheroi and was dwelling in Negeb. And Isaac went out to meditate. He was in prayer, meditating to God. 
He's in sorrow for the loss of his mom. He understands his dad is well advanced in age. So he may be losing both of his parents in the short order. And he's going to be by himself waiting to see if the success of a woman coming back to become his wife, but he's meditating. He's finding himself seeking first the kingdom of God and meditation. So he went out to meditate in the field toward the evening and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were coming, there were camels coming and Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, see, I'm, I'm a romantic here. She dismounted from the camel and she said to the servant, who's that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, it is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that had done that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. I was, I just wanted you all to have the opportunity to see that when we trust God, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us. It's not the things God is focused on. He has a cattle on a thousand hills. He is the creator of everything. It's nothing to God to give us houses, lands, jewels, all these things that are going to be burned up, you know, in the fire. It's nothing. What he wants is our heart. He wants us to trust and obey him. He wants us to love and seek first him. Because if we seek anything other than him, we are putting those things as idols. And I'm speaking to myself. I can't want anything, man, job, career, some position, success for the business. Nothing can come before God. The first priority is to trust God and to believe that his purpose, his priorities I'm to surrender my will to those things. And that's the same for all of us. And so I just want to encourage you that, you know, we all are learning and growing in the Lord. And the first thing, if we could just remember to trust and what God says, we have nothing to say good or bad to it, but to say, amen, God, and move forward. I say this often, and this is my first time saying it live on YouTube at Fordo's Production. The harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Let's pray to the Lord of the harvest for more labors. I am excited, and I thank you all for joining our live stream of Milkshake Monday, episode 254. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week. God bless you. God bless you.